It's February 9, 2024. Grab your Taramana and get yourself down on the floor in the weeds this year. We're live. Wow. Busy, baby. And it's a busy Friday and there's so much to talk about. We <laughs> were saying off air, we, we came in late. Sorry about that. And we're both we're both saying to ourselves, uh, crap, we're so behind. Oh, no, we're so behind. Uh, Jeremy, let's pull back the curtain. First of all, hello. How are you? How are you? Doing? Uh, Good. It was a busy night. It's been a busy morning. And, you know, the world of MLW never, never stops. They haven't co-opted us yet. <laughs> and they're, they're kind to us. They, they, yeah. They're kind. Tom Waller's out there doing media. Uh, he's at the presser. Not presser? The kickoff? I guess it's just a kickoff. It wasn't really a press conference. It was a press event, but then they very quickly called it a, uh, a, a, yeah. a kickoff show. And it... Does that mean WrestleMania is actually tomorrow? Like, what are we doing here? Uh, I don't think WrestleMania is tomorrow. We don't have any matches. Well, I mean, we we do because after the event, Triple H announced Roman and Cody. It's the slap off. Someone in the chat said, yes, it was. I, I, I patted myself so hard on the back for that thumbnail today. <laughs> it was very good. You sent it to me late last night and I saw it. And I, I wanted to give you credit, and then I just decided I'm going to attempt to sleep. But then I didn't sleep until two in the morning, and then I had to get up and you know get work. And everybody has to comment on the Vince McMahon's allegations. Uh, you know, just this is this is where we're at, and nothing stops. Nothing stops. So we'll pull the curtain back a little bit in terms of our nights. I can tell you from my from my perspective. There was the presser at 7 p.m. Eastern, and it was 4 o'clock over in Vegas, and Sean yeah. Ross Sapp is over there. And we all know that that Jeremy and I know, and the team knows, there will be content that comes from that, conversations and things that we'll have to work on. That's fine. Now, on my side of things, I also have to cover TNA Impact, and then I have to do a post-show with Crest Star. And then I had to grab the videos that Sean had done and edit those, add an ad read, and then pop about to uh to our youtube channel which by the way they're doing great numbers go check them out now youtube.com slash fightful interviews with seth rollins and becky lynch uh they are very very interesting conversations and uh yeah go check it out after after we finish here this might be an extra long show tonight today jeremy because we got to bed late and we had a lot going on i i can try to do extra long i kind of have a engagement in the afternoon oh no you're married you Joel, don't have i am but uh yeah well we'll we'll stick around but i i do i do it's it's busy everybody it's busy in my life it's busy in the world of wrestling and you know it's uh a lot just a lot going on i, I don't mean to sound like i'm like complaining or anything i hope i'm not complaining um Work is work, baby. Work is work. Work is work, but I also got a personal life and children. I got 12 kids, Joel. Like that's true. They got events and activities, and for some reason, they're scheduling events and activities on a school day. So I gotta like it's it's just it's a it's a lot going on. But we do have a, a tremendous lineup, a great lineup for everybody. Fingers crossed, everybody. Uh fingers crossed that you know I hate promoting until like they're here and stuff scheduled to be joined by Masha Slamovich scheduled to be joined by Billy Starks this morning. Uh, yeah, they, just a, a lot, a lot going on, a lot going on. Do you want to, 
we got well, you. Yeah, Go let's ahead. okay. Let's start. Yeah, Masha Slamovich is scheduled to join us in 20 minutes at 10:30 a.m. Eastern. Billy Starks almost directly after that, 11 a.m. Eastern. That's the plan. Uh, we're hoping that that all goes according to plan. And of course, you can leave a thumbs up on the video and uh, tell us how you feel in the comments. We like seeing you here. And if you want to support us here on the channel, you can donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question statement read on the air. And we're honestly we're we're a step closer to just becoming a daily show. And I don't want to do it because that's burnout central for all of us. <laughs> but let's see. Let's see how today goes. Let's it go. also it's gonna force me to like change my schedule as well because I kind of already do a daily show. I mean, I do, do shows daily, but I, I really like this show. And that, that that's not to say anything against the other shows because I really like doing those shows as well. Um, but I, I have a lot of fun on on this show, and there's just so much to talk about that like a daily show almost better encompasses a lot of things. Anyway, this is a different conversation for a different day. Take a look, Busted Open Radio. We're coming for you. We'll be live from the Gramercy Theater in a month. Just you wait. We're not actually going to be live, but they will. Anyway, um, we should probably get right into it. We do have a lot to talk about. We have our interviews, as we mentioned, uh, right before we went on the air in very traditional ITW fashion. Uh, another article drops about Vince McMahon, this time from Vice and Tim Marchman, who was actually on our show this past Monday. The separate interview is now available. Did I say something? I said Tim. No, you did. I was just going to put Tim over. Tim Marchman, he said on our show on Monday which yes, the separate interview is up now and there's already like dated information in that. That's why you got to watch live folks. Um, Tim said on our show on Mondays, like, yeah, we're working on things and boy is he, boy has he. Oh man. So of course uh, the conversation and some of the focus right now has turned to Ashley Mazzaro. Uh, Some people are are familiar with, uh, with Ashley's, uh, with with her story and what had happened and and the unfortunate things that led to uh, her passing in 2019 uh, we've uncovered, or at least vice has uncovered some more information. I'll let Jeremy take this because I am still catching up on the article and I know Jeremy has been writing a bit about it this morning. Yeah. um, I'm actually about to to publish it, but even before I get to the new information, let's go back uh, when was this article done? February 7th. What's that? Two days ago. So let's go back to Wednesday. So Wednesday at four o'clock or three o'clock. That's when they posted that one. Yeah. We, well, there's a lot of news we've missed out on. The TNA news was another thing, but let's focus on this one. Yeah. Um. So Wednesday afternoon, Vice got a, a statement from John Laurinaitis's lawyer that said, you know, most upper level WWE management knew of Ashley Mazzaro's allegations where she alleged that WWE covered up that she was sexually assaulted uh, on a military base in 2007. WWE denied that their, their statement was at no time was Vince McMahon or the management of WWE ever informed by Ashley Mazzaro, anybody else that she had been sexually assaulted, drugged, raped trigger warning sorry everybody we should put a trigger warning on all of this uh drug raped or sodomized by a military doctor with a nurse standing guard while on a goodwill tour in 2007 to u.s military bases in kuwait so at no time was there ever a meeting with vince mcmahon kevin dunn john laurinaitis or any other company executives in which she told them of such claim and was instructed to keep quiet john laurinaitis's lawyer said any allegations that Mr. Laurinaitis helped to cover up on an alleged rape allegation is an outright lie 
Johnny, like most upper level management at some time became aware of the allegations and ensured all proper WWE protocols were followed, including privacy for the alleged victim. We object to the use of the term cover up as no such plan or plot ever took place to hide or assist the alleged rape. So they're denying that it was covered up, but they are not denying. They are now basically confirming that they knew about it, which if again, you refer back to the original statement, it says at no time was Vince McMahon or WWE management ever informed by Ashley Mazzaro. Clearly they were informed according to this new statement, should say clearly, allegedly they were informed. And then they took, according to the statement, they took what they deemed necessary, the, the proper steps and protocols and thought that, nothing happened that was the information that came out on wednesday i'm now going to refer you to um a a comment by constantine cryos who represented mazaro and other wwe wrestlers former wwe wrestlers in the concussion lawsuit he did an interview like last week i, I think I, I think it was last week but Constantine Cryos said that I believe the allegations were, he was talking about the toxic culture in WWE and just kind of various allegations against Vince McMahon, not specifically related to Ashley Mazzaro. I believe the allegations were Mr. McMahon himself was commonly seen kissing the divas in the rooms and so forth. When she rejects, she being Mazzaro, when she rejected his advances, she met the fate of many other wrestlers, which was that her career was going to come to an end. And that's essentially what happened. This is a statement from Kairos that Kairos that came out earlier this week, late last week uh, when he did the interview. And it was kind of unfortunately almost dismissed. Like it didn't get a whole lot of play, but now Tim Marchman of Vice God has published a previously unreleased statement. This comes from Kairos um, and uh, Erica Marabella, who represented Ashley and other wrestlers in the concussion lawsuit. This part of the affidavit, which uh, previously had the cover-up allegations, this part of the affidavit was not part of the original affidavit because according to Marabella, they thought that they should only focus on the sexual assault and the physical in-ring injuries and not this part of the affidavit. This part comes out. uh, It's very long, so I apologize. Stick with me. During my time, this is from Ashley Mazzaro in the affidavit. During my time with the WWE, I'd observed Vince McMahon making out with other divas in the locker room, but he never paid attention to me, and I assumed I was not his type. This changed after my Playboy cover was released. I was fortunate enough to be allowed to fly on the company jet and stay at the same hotels as the executives for a period of time so that I could get home faster to spend more time with my daughter. On one of these occasions, Vince was attempting to get me alone with him in his hotel room late at night, and I felt extraordinarily uncomfortable. He began calling the hotel room phone and my cell phone nonstop. I called Kevin Dunn to explain the situation, and he said I should tell Vince I was not feeling well and would see him at TV the next day. So I did. I Immediately after that night, Vince started writing my promos for me. Vince does not write promos for female wrestlers. That is the job of the creative department, and he certainly wouldn't have, under any normal circumstances, written a promo for me. 
but he did. And the promos were written with the clear intention of ruining my career. I bought the first script. I brought the first script Vince wrote for me to the WWE employee in charge of creative at the time, Michael Hayes. And he said, you're not saying this. Who the expletive, I assume fuck, wrote this. And I told him that Vince did. He said, well, kids, these are the breaks, meaning that Vince wanted to end my career and destroy my reputation on my way out. He is known for this type of behavior and also did this to name redacted um, upon her departure from WWE. In addition, after that night, each time I walked by him, he would make vulgar sexual comments that were clearly designed to make me uncomfortable. So that was from Mazzaro in this uh, previously unreleased affidavit. Um, a lot to unpack. I, I do, don't know how much that we have a guest uh, in, in 10 minutes, hopefully. But there, the pattern becomes more and more too light with this. Bret Hart commented on the the allegations, and he said that the text message text messages sound like Vince McMahon. He talked about how Vince was like Teflon, but there was clearly, when it comes to like the executive, just use of power. There, there's been a lot that has come out over these past few weeks. And it's going to continue to be a lot to unpack. And, you know, we're going to try our best with this. But that is all the new information that we have right now. And we're going to keep talking about it. And I'm sorry that uh, if I'm not sorry, but if you're here and you're complaining that we're talking about it, well, it's here. We said we're not going to stop talking about it. We're going to cover the other stuff that we're going to cover. We're going to talk about all the other stuff. But we are going to continue to talk about this news as it comes out because it is important and we have a duty to our audience and to ourselves to be accountable for this stuff because that's what we do. Now, as it pertains to the story itself, this is almost establishing more of a pattern of behavior. Yeah. And this continues to come. More information like this continues to come out. And it certainly seems like it's going to continue to come out, judging by the comments so far. We are we're in for a very uncomfortable ride and i mean that in a way that we're not going to like to talk about it but we're going to talk about it because this is stuff that needs to be out there and it needs to be discussed and it we need to feel a little uncomfortable for a little while because as much as we love pro wrestling and god knows we do listen we should feel uncomfortable because something that we enjoy something that we spend a lot of time talking about and, and taking in and writing about and so on and so forth uh has a, a tawdry shitty past and present and this is the first time in a very long time that something serious, very serious like this is being brought up and being investigated. And we should all be able to understand that there is a lot going on here and there's a lot to talk about and there is a lot to continue talking about and we will not stop talking about it. And we will still talk about fun stuff. We will still have interviews and we will still talk about television product because that is part of the whole the whole thing, that is part of the whole ethos of what we're doing here. Uh, Doc sent us a super chat. Thank you, Doc. I'm glad I don't cover news. You guys do a good job relaying all the info with clarity. It's not a comfortable topic, but it needs to be covered. Thank you, Doc. I couldn't have said it better myself. And we appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Chris. I'm sorry, I call him Chris. Um, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to keep talking about it. We're going to keep covering it. We're going to keep giving. We're at least going to give you all the new information. Um if you're looking for, I don't know, a breakdown doesn't seem like the right word. I think our feelings on that is are very known at this point. 
uh, how we feel, how what we think, the the actions that should be done with everything, and we don't need to rehash a lot of that. Um, but we will continue to keep everybody just the the information so everybody is up as up to date as possible on this. Um, but but yeah, I don't know if we need to again like break down this this statement of of all of this. Um, but yeah, it's the more stuff that comes out is like just the more horrifying all of this is, right? Like it, it, all of it is just terrible. The, 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 the culture, the use of power, none of it is good. And the, the more you continue, you have to read and listen to stuff like, and more is going to keep coming out. And it's just like, none of it, none of it paints WWE and certainly Vince McMahon in a, in a good light. And I hope everybody much like Seth Rollins said, if these allegations are true and accurate, everybody gets what's coming to him, man. Vince is under federal. Fred Hart said, he's take him in the parking lot, kick his head around a little bit. Like, and I, I hope everybody gets what's coming to him on this because the more stuff that comes out the more i'm just like horrified by it all yep it's a lot to take in shy town spur sent us a super chat saying thank this reminds me of the penn state scandal more and more everyone in any leadership position when this was going on should be gone at best they were ignorant at worst complicit and again there's an investigation in place where we are not the people who are going to be saying this person should lose their job this person that we don't know the conversations will be had, the investigations will be unfolding, and we will discover as as much as you guys will about who is or isn't sticking around. But yeah, those who were complicit, those who were involved, absolutely should be gone. I, I We don't advocate for people losing their jobs. I advocate for every single person involved of this to lose their job and go to jail. 100%. There's that. Like I said, it's not going away, uh, but we did dedicate a few minutes this morning because the article did just drop and it's important that we know. Uh, so yeah, we uh, we appreciate y'all for, for being a part of this conversation with us. Let's move along. Uh, Masha Slamovich is going to join us in about five minutes. Uh, that's the plan. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> it could be our third time. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, baby boy came through. Bruce Hart came through. Uh, everybody's come everybody's come come through i don't feel like we've even if it maybe not the day of uh they they've come they've come through so you know we appreciate it yeah we'll be talking with both uh, masha and billy about the jersey jacob jcw's putting that on this weekend uh tonight and tomorrow that's friday and saturday on trailer tv plus we'll be talking about that more in a minute so uh there you go uh we, we got five minutes where, where what can we talk about in five minutes <sighs> I know um, I want to give that's the thing. I want to give more time to Dynamite. I want to give more time to the Scott Demore news. I want to give more time to the presser. Obviously, so that's the thumbnail. Talk about. There's so much to talk about. So, Jeremy, so much. What do you want to talk about? Oh man, I I don't even know because everything like that needs to be talked about is longer than a five minute conversation. You want to talk about the NBA trade deadline, Joel? That's a five minute conversation. You guys did an hour and a half on that already. <laughs> I saw. I didn't watch, but I saw. <laughs> There's all oh that's that's the the worst part is setting all this up with uh, so much to talk about and not enough time to do it. So, what do we what 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 should we do? What should we do? 
Andrew Zarian was right. Sean Staff was right. We yes. can we can quickly touch on that because we did spend a lot of time on that on Wednesday. But everybody who watches this show, which is we got a lot of regulars and we appreciate it. Everyone who watches this show knows we're very smart <laughs> and knows that we have very smart people on. Maybe we're not smart. Maybe I'm not smart. But we have we're very okay. smart people on this show. If you if you've been watching this show, you knew this announcement was coming. You knew when they were going to to make this announcement, how they were going to set up this announcement, what they were going to do for this announcement. You knew that last week before Tony Khan said he had a big announcement. You knew what everything was going to be. So just remember that when you're watching this show, that you are smarter than everybody else. Usually I bury our audience, but our audience is smart for watching this show. You are smarter for watching this show. Shout out to Andrew Zary. We love him. Shout out to Sean Ross Sapp, who creates more work for me. <laughs> He's on a plane right now, so at least can I few hours you'll be fine. Here's here's something. Here's something for you, Joel. This won't take long. Sure. People know largely what I do for uh for the website and everything besides this silly show. Do a lot of listening to podcasts, do a lot of listening to interviews and transcribing and stuff, right? There's a story for everybody. There's a quick anecdote story. Wrestlers know that I do this, right? Like even other podcasts know that I do this. So like they'll send me their interviews and be like, hey, I did this interview with so-and-so. You know, if you guys can cover it. Like, yeah, sure. No problem. I'll check this out. A lot of a lot of other podcasts will send me stuff to like listen to so I can try to cover it. And I try my best. I don't get everything, but we got a team who hopefully picks it up. Um but wrestlers know that I do this as well, Joel. Wrestlers have started sending me their interviews. F- famous re- television star wrestlers, Joel, are sending me interviews. And they're like, hey, did this interview. Do you think you could listen to this? And, you know, maybe you can get something out of it. And I'm like, Brian Danielson, I... I I, this is all I've been doing for my life, Brian Danielson. You gotta not, you gotta not send me this stuff and create more work. Why are people trying to create work for me, Joel? Don't they know I work hard enough? And now, television stars, Brian Danielson, are DMing me and saying, "Here, here's more work for you, Jeremy." Don't they have better things to do? Don't don't they have better things to do with their life? Don't they have Hechicero matches to to watch and study and break down? Don't they have promos to cut on Eddie Kingston? Why are they doing this to me, Joel? Why do these wrestlers dislike me? My wife does this to me. Other podcasts do this to me. If you guys really liked me, you wouldn't send me any of these interviews. You would say, you know what, Jeremy? You don't have to do any of this. I'll do this all for for you. I'll transcribe this. Why do these wrestlers hate me, Joel? Uh, do you read your Twitter timeline? 
<laughs> Fair. That's that's really the only reason I've got. Yeah. Just annoying. What up, uh, Alex? Hope you're doing well. But like, uh, like, why are wrestlers doing this to me? Joel? Well, because you're good at this job. We talk about this. Yeah, I, I wish I sucked at this job. <laughs> Listen, ain't, ain't nobody else doing the work. So you got to keep working harder. No one cares. That's exactly it. So there you go. We're, we, yes, we're killing a little time because Masha Slamovich is scheduled to join us in a couple of minutes. Uh, of course, there's always a window of opportunity for us to move it around. There you go. Just be bad. But like, do, does Mike Straw mean like be bad or does he mean like be bad? I think he means like be bad at the, the job. Like, I think that's what he means. Like, I I wish I could just, you see who it is. <laughs> Doesn't he have better things to do, Joel? No, we talked about this. Brian Danielson does not have better things to do. He's oh. too busy practicing for his matches, his, his for his retirement matches. We've been through this. He, and, and Get Brian, a life, Brian much? Danielson. <laughs> At least now we know Brian watches the show. True. true. And that's all news. All. We, should we should have him on. You know what? I'm going to try to get Brian Danielson on. Does he even have, like, I know he has a cell phone. He, he's got a flip phone. He has to have a flip phone. I don't know. I assume he has a cell phone. He's got kids. Everybody with kids should have a cell phone. But, uh, yeah, maybe he has a flip phone. I don't know. But it's, we'll try to get Brian Danielson on. That would be great. Listen, we got a lot of bucket list uh, interviews that we'd like to have. So there we go. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, dead air is great. So, so, okay. You know what? Let's just, let's, do you want to just talk about, uh, the Scott stuff and then when Masha comes in, we'll just, yeah, Masha... we can do that because we're going to ask Masha about that. Yeah. So we can do that. Figures we might as well just get into it. Uh, yeah. So we go off the air on Wednesday afternoon. Everything's hunky dory. We're looking forward to dynamite. Everything's great. And then we drop my speedball Bailey interview on the main channel. And two hours later, after speedball has said nice things about Scott Moore and praised his leadership, praised the backstage. Scott Demore is released, uh, terminated were the words used by Anthem in their statement. He is out as TNA presidents. Anthony Cicero joins. Uh, he's got 15 years of experience. He, I, I think people should understand he's not coming in completely blind to wrestling programming. He was at the score, which is, uh, in Canada. It was the company that, uh, housed WWE programming for a long time in the time that Anthony was with the company. Uh, that was in the, the mid 2000s. So He's not blind or oblivious to wrestling. But of course, there's a big change when the person who was considered the, the heart of TNA is uh, suddenly not there the next day. Talent had plenty to say, uh, both online and uh, in, you know, amongst each other. But uh, yeah, the immediate reaction was certainly one of shock, Jeremy Lambert. I was very surprised. Uh, they, they framed it oddly. and I don't want to say they... they... The headline was Anthem appoints new president. And you kind of had to read it to see that Scott Moore was gone. It just seemed like, oh, they got a new president. Okay, I, sure. But then, yeah, once you read it, it's like, oh, wait, this is a kind of a bigger deal than just we've appointed a new president. Because they also terminated the contract of a guy who's been there in some capacity for about two decades now. Whether he, he went away for a little bit, but like, since about 2003, whether it was talent, manager, whatever, he was there. And then he'd been, uh, and then he would was president. He got appointed president 
like last year, maybe year and a half ago or so. Um, it was definitely a shocking uh, announcement because they just did the rebrand. The rebrand went over well. Everyone seemed to like that. Not only on top of that, the the wrestlers, like the backstage environment, they all talked about, we saw all the support coming out afterwards, but like even before this, I think everybody knew how much Scott was loved in that locker room. Listen to any Impact interview we've done, TNA interview we've done. They all put over Scott. Listen to any other TNA interview. Moose has said, like, I resigned because of Scott, like my relationship with Scott. They all put over to, to Scott. So it was very surprising with all of this. And then more has come out that Scott apparently made an offer to maybe try to purchase the company from Anthem. Anthem didn't, didn't take that. And maybe that was where he went wrong is they saw him as like, oh, wait, you want to try to own the company. So we don't know if we can really work side by side with you because you might be trying to take us over. So we just got to let you go and, and get new people in there. That's the way I'm kind of interpreting things. I don't know if you have a different interpretation about, about things, Joel, but it was certainly surprising. From the way that I read it and the way that the reporting is gone, and we're, of course, we're at FIFA, we're still working. Oh, excuse me, I'm not reporting. I'm going to cough again one sec. Wow, Joel, did you get sick all of a sudden? Like, no, there's just something caught in my throat. Anyway, we're back. Are we back? Maybe. I, I don't know. You sound like me after a Tony Khan read here. Something just like, you know, when that one thing just gets in the back of your throat and it stays? There it is. Okay. I think I got it. Hairball. Uh, yeah. So Fightful's working on our reporting. We we have some stuff up over on Select about what's, you know, what happened and what has been happening and what conversations have been happening. Some people did know that Scott was on his way out uh, about a week before <clears throat> the announcement was made. So it came as a shock to a lot of talent. Uh, it came as a shock to me as well, as expected. I, you know, didn't know when they were going to do it, but, uh, but they did it. And to me, the story kind of did sit similarly to how you're explaining it. Scott had bigger goals for TNA. He had uh, an expectation of how TNA could run from a business perspective and from a budget perspective. Sounds like Anthem felt differently. <clears throat> and it felt like on a... Uh, a leadership or at least a supervisory condition. It felt like Anthem wanted to be a lot more hands-on or a lot more uh, uh, the, they wanted to be the branch over TNA wrestling. And Scott seemed to want to have TNA at arm's length with Scott as the intermediary between Anthem and TNA wrestling. I understand that feeling. I, I fully do. It's, it's a feeling of autonomy that doesn't always exist in, in wrestling when you have a big parent corporation under you. He, it felt like Scott wanted to keep that at arm's length and still be a team player to Anthem, but with the agreement that, hey, you give me money, I run my business, and then I bring you the money back. That's how maybe it was understood. And then Anthem said, LOL, no, we're done with this. This is not how we're going to operate anymore. You look at Bound for Glory. We talked about this on, on our show. They they jazzed up that whole venue to include every Anthem property under the sun. There was a logo for it on the ring mats on the barricades on anywhere you could put it, they had it. And it felt to me like that was the beginning of a larger conversation as to what Anthem expected out of TNA and maybe what Scott wanted to do with Anthem as, uh, as TNA's parent company. So 
judging by the reporting again, <clears throat> there's a report out from PW Insider that Scott came with a reputable banknote essentially saying, hey, we could do this. We can buy it. We we have the, the means. We've approved it. And Anthem said no. And it sounds like this was a conversation more between Len Asper and uh, and Scott Demore. And Len is the top guy, the owner at Anthem, essentially. And Len said no. And Scott said, okay, bye. And if that's how it went, and it's uh, if this if this was a business disagreement that led to two parties going separate ways, then I kind of understand both sides. I really do. From just from a business perspective, Scott expecting and wanting more out of Anthem and budgets and seeing the possibilities for growth under his vision of TNA. And then a big company like Anthem saying, well, we gave you a lot of money and yeah, you've done some stuff, but you haven't done nearly enough. So we need to rein you in a little bit. I see that side too, because it's a big business standpoint. Now, do I think it's a bit short-sighted? Yes, but also Anthem's been under the TNA umbrella for, oh God, we got to be closing in on, what was 2017? So we're we're getting in about, what, six years now? Six, seven, seven yeah. Anyway, less than 10 years, but uh, it's been long enough. That Anthem probably said, we need a better return on our investment. And if that's the case and it's just business, then it's just business. I can tell you all, this is not a, this is not a, 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 a this is not a, me speaking out of school. Uh, Scott Tamora is fine, financially speaking. He is not, he's, he will, he will not be destitute tomorrow between family and businesses of his own. He's fine. So now it just comes down to how TNA is going to run. And a lot of people will wonder, if Scott's gone, <clears throat> what does that mean for everyone backstage? Yes, you have your hearts, your president, the person who was leading the the charge for TNA, and uh, by all accounts, being the guy that people uh, you know really appreciated there. He's gone. What happens now? I don't think people necessarily figure the fact that there is a large group of people backstage at TNA in the staff positions doing the creative roles, doing the production, doing a lot of things that Scott did. Uh, I, I said this last night to Crest the Star on our post show. If you take what happened with Kevin Dunn finally retiring and leaving WWE, instead of WWE bringing in one person to, recla- to replace Kevin Dunn, they had multiple people do the jobs that Kevin did. And it feels to me like, at least for the interim, they're going to have several people that are already behind the scenes and working in TNA, working with a, a bigger portfolio to achieve the common vision. And that's basically what WWE has done. Now that Kevin's gone, they've just had other people take on the mantle of different things that Kevin did, all with a similar streamlined vision. What does that mean for Anthony Sissioni? Probably more day-to-day operations, probably more supervisory roles, a little more just business-oriented conversations for TNA and what the expectations are between TNA and Anthem. What that is, I don't know. The next time they're all together in the same room is New Orleans in two weeks when they do the No Surrender pay-per-view. That's February 23rd. And then they tape the next night and then they're off again for another couple of weeks. And anyway, long story short, they have a couple of weeks until they know what's going on when they're back together in the same room working collaboratively. The short-sightedness part of this that you mentioned is where I'm almost caught up on things because the TNA rebrand was a month ago. That was the official hard to kill Scott coming with this offer. Now Anthem turning it down. Now it feels like almost both parties should have waited this out a little bit and just seen they're running the palms 
in April, March for April Rebellion? Or 20. Yeah. It's going to be, yeah. So this is a conversation, by the way, that I had with some people at TNA at Hard to Kill in Vegas. They said, oh, we're talking about coming back. And I said, like, Slammiversary, Bound for Glory. They're like, no, Rebellion. I'm like, that's three months away from now. And they said, yeah, I know. That's that's what the conversation is. And then at one point, the conversation was actually White Plains, New York for uh, for Rebellion. And myself and Andrew Zarian, we were talking about going together because Zarian wants to go to another TNA show. And now that it's at the Palms, I'm like, that's really quick. I don't... When we had Andres Hale on, we talked a little bit about this. I don't think Vegas is like a wrestling hotbed. Like, it's it's fine, but I, it doesn't seem like, yeah, let's go to Vegas to run a show. It feels like it should be because everybody just comes to Vegas and everything. But there's so much to do in Vegas that you're like, no offense to TNA, but it's like, well, Am I going to spend? Theater. You're running a theater off the strip, and you're expecting a similar number to what you got in January. And we don't know if that's feasible. They're going to have to yeah. load up a card, and they did that for Hard to Kill. They were Hard to Kill, and they had the rebrand behind it. Now, I assume this is probably where we're getting Nemeth's title shot. And but the, so going back to Demore making the, the offer here and stuff, like maybe he should have waited until this all played out. And then he could have been like, see, look, this is what I've done, what I've brought. Look at these numbers. Or then it's, uh, then Anthem could go about like, no, see, like you tried to do all this and it kind of all failed. And maybe they should have waited this out a little bit to see what type of return on investment they've really gotten with the name TNA, with Ali coming in, with Nemeth coming in, with the continued partnerships with a New Japan. Because right now, the New Japan partnerships, okay, we got Okada, we got Osprey coming in for like one shots, but then they're done. They're not coming back or anything like that. Like, it feels like it should have waited out a little bit more to see how the actual TNA rebrand played out. Judging by the timelines, and we all know timelines in wrestling are messy right now, the the conversation started well before the rebrand about Anthem's expectations and Scott's expectations of, of what this means and what this will do. Uh, they could have given more rope, but I think maybe as we get to a new fiscal year, they said, we want one thing. And Scott said, I want another thing again, if we're talking about just a budget thing. And, and this is the reason why I, I say it. like, we don't know if there's anything else at play. And I'm also not going to sit here and say, oh, it could be this, it could be that. Because I don't. I can only go by what has been reported. And so far, a lot of the reporting has been, it is a budget thing. And if that's it, I get it. I don't necessarily agree with it. But that also doesn't mean that Anthem can say, oh, we messed up and make a play to bring back Scott. It, what that means, it's, something would have to happen for, that to, for, for them to seriously consider it. But uh, that, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of plays out, the, the fallout from all this, certainly from a talent perspective as well, because and a lot of those wrestlers loved Scott Moore and went to bat for Scott Moore after this news came out. How are they feeling about things now? Like how be when they do get back together and they do their tapings and stuff, what are their thoughts on all of this? Are they 
side-eyeing Anthem of like, mm, they're going to do that to Scott. I don't know about this. Yeah, that does play a role in it. Um, it's it's so it's so strange being a guy who covers TNA and being a guy who made weekly jokes about Scott Demore being my dad that I'm suddenly I, I I'm dropping that uh, because I just again want to make sure everything's clean. Wow. He's he's not my dad for the time. You're an orphan now. I am just, a, I am an orphan. That's right. What do you what do they call that? A file for emancipation. Uh, That's when uh, I'm seven. You have to be seventeen and under, I think. For that. Oh, okay. Well, you know, you might be. I, the way I get paid, you think I am maturity level. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Ali Khan said to Super Chat saying, "You guys jinxed it. Stop interviewing people." Well, Billy is still scheduled for eleven a.m. So fifteen minutes. Billy Starks is scheduled to join us. I'm not heard from any of these people this morning. So, <laughs> and that's the thing. The, the Jersey Jacobs starts today. So today is a travel day for some of these people. I'm, I'm pretty sure Masha's in New York. So what are we doing? Like they agreed way. to it. They they said this this time works. This is good. So all we can do is you know hope for the best. Did you tell them Eastern Standard Time? I always I made sure after that mistake with Phil like many episodes ago, like literally like one of our first episodes when I did not put ET in there. I make sure everything has AM ET, even noon noon ET. Like it is, it, it's embedded in my brain to put the ET. Same. I get it. Uh, Wilton sent a super chat saying the TNA Scott stuff and the Rossi stardom drama is crazy. Uh, I did read what, uh, what Dave put in his newsletter about the, uh, the feeling of Tony taking his digs at Rossi being a real bad look for Tony. And God. it is what it is. It, listen, th- these things can always be worked on. These, these fences can be mended. Um, but again, it's like he went, he, Tony did what he did. He went online, did the, the international espionage, bit and had some fun with it i maybe you know to some took it too far and that's the way it is but it is very strange to see rossi agawa who's long-term long time uh part of the the stardom family one of the co-founders see him gone uh for the reasons he was let go and then to see scott who was another longtime member of tna wrestling let go and uh yeah it's a strange timeline we live in tony doing that Maybe it rubbed wrestlers and people the wrong way, but I tend to believe and side with a lot of the actual wrestlers who say this in that it is his company. He's going to do what he's going to do. It's not that big of a deal. Maybe wrestlers are just, they're going to obviously defend their boss and be like, yeah, Tony's dumb for doing this. People, People online seem to always make a bigger deal out of Tony's tweets than the actual people who care about Tony's tweets or who are affected by Tony's tweets. People online make a much bigger deal about it. And maybe there's one or two, sure, but I feel like the vast majority... Now, there have been times where it was like, okay, Tony, okay, that one, that one, no. This, good. this was like a level one out of a level. Now we got to start doing the Tony's tweets levels. Yeah. He already yeah. broke his own scale. We'll now talk- the one, I mean, we can say it. The one that I, I think actually drew a little ire from people was the swole stuff. 100%. Because that one was, that one was very pointed and very attacking a person who worked for you. 
and and calling them out on their wrestling. And that was a bad look. Every, I don't want to say everything, but most of the other stuff has been going after WWE, going after just kind of other wrestlers, going after other things that aren't related to AEW directly. I don't think wrestlers really have an issue with that. Wrestlers do that. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cyclops better than Logan sent some bits over the, what, what's, what is it? Twitch, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming, where we sometimes go live. Uh, I don't mind Tony talking to shit, but uh, I don't want to hear him play the victim on Twitter when people go at him. I think that's a fair you know way to think about it and way yeah. to feel about it. Because, yeah, he, he when you dig in, sometimes you're going to get the backlash, and then you have to deal with the consequences of that backlash. But, hey, he's in a good mood this week. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, to wrap up the, the Scott Tamore talk, Tim Winninger Jr. sent a super chat saying, which company is a better fit for Scott Tamore, WWE or AEW? I'd love to see him in charge of creative with Ring of Honor. A lot of people are pointing to Ring of Honor. I don't know where Scott wants to go. I don't want to guess where Scott would go. I honestly, I think if it were up to Scott, he'd be back in TNA. And he, and again, like I said, there's a possibility that he comes right back through the door like he's done before. Uh, and this, that's not, this, that sounds more malicious than it really is. Uh, but it could be that Anthem's just like, no, nah, we screwed up. A lot of people like you and a lot of people want your vision. So you're back. But uh, that's kind of where I see it. But I see a lot of people talking about him and Ring of Honor because I think laterally it fits. He should go to old Big, Big Billy Pumpkins and say here's my bank draft i'm buying you what do you what do you think of this idea it's called nwa tna what do you think of that oh that billy sounds good it it harkens us back to the territory days (laughs) i think billy would love it and it's something that has never been done before yeah that's that's who she go to so we should go to go, go to old big billy pumpkins over there they need some type of like help like they had a ec3 matt cardona death match that nobody's talking about someone sent a super chat about it last show and Uh, we were like yeah that was the pay-per-view match and now they're airing it on their free tv good for them yeah that was from three weeks ago they're just gonna benjamin button tna all the way back to inception we have to have a gfw reversal we have to get everything they gotta do weekly pay-per-views again baby Let's Maybe go. he can link up. What if he what if he uh goes back to old double J and he's like you wanna you wanna hook up and uh do some do some gold bars and do that again? That sounds like the worst idea. <laughs> Suddenly the Billy S. Pumpkins idea sounds a lot better than what NWA GFW. That one is more likely, I think. Gold bars for everybody, baby. Oh my goodness! All right, well we're uh, we're expecting Billy Starks at eleven a.m. So let's just uh, let's let's hop in because we started talking about TK. Let's let's talk about 
dynamite and then we'll do our interview and then we can come out talk about a little bit more of dynamite and then we got to talk about the presser because that is obviously hopefully fingers crossed billy stars is joining us at 11. <laughs> uh dynamite was was great uh, i really really enjoyed the show and we talked about it on Wednesday. I said when when there's a show and a bunch of matches that have stakes involved and you some you get some storytelling involved, I'm into it. I'm onto it. I didn't love every single part of Dynamite. I thought there was some stuff that was Wow, I can't believe you hated Swerve and Hangman Page. I know, just the worst match in the world. I hated it so much. Now, the uh the, there was stuff that I didn't love uh overall in the night, but that's that's wrestling. Uh but no, we did open up with Swerve and Hangman and it is uh very rightfully receiving tons of praise. Really enjoyed the match. Very well put together match. Very well orchestrated. I don't want to call it a double turn yet. It's a double turn. I don't call it that yet. I think I, I, it was not. Because because I, I'm curious about the swerve baby face. Because Hangman Page, and we talked about this before, is like the consummate white meat baby face. Does everything right. He's pushed to his limits, but he's still very play by the rules, do it right, and that's it. Now he's not going to do that. Swerve ain't that guy. We don't have in AEW a very over white meat baby face anymore. And I don't think Swerve's going to take up that mantle. I think people are going to, you know, I think Swerve will lean into something that will get him cheered. He might cast off some members of the embassy, uh, the Mogul embassy, but yeah this is a this is a different take on a double turn i'll take i'll give you that but we're not doing a direct flip of characters because i don't think swerve is going to be kissing babies because he breaks into houses with them instead hey, he's gonna break into the house and kiss them so it's all good he's breaking in for a good deed that's okay right well the guys over on a ramble on on true elite they say just gave the baby free merch <laughs> yeah exactly we looked at this all wrong he was he was teaching that baby a life lesson and then he gave him a t-shirt on top of it um i i think it was a double turn i i think it was hangman certainly that was a heel move right there hangman ain't no white meat baby face refusing to fight this man and being like nope you didn't beat me yeah well he's been on that turn for a while he's been on that descent for a while it's been a kind of a madness descent and i like that Look, I think they should have done better with Hangman and going full bore with the babyface turn. Clearly, the crowd was thinking another way, and that's why Hangman largely got booed on Wednesday. I thought they played the match well with Swerve being more of the babyface, Hangman being more of the heel. And then that was definitely a more solidifying turn for Hangman than it was Swerve. I agree, Swerve's got to make some other character changes, largely dropping the other portions of the mogul embassy, but he, uh, he, he's been wrestling like the baby face. He's been getting the baby face reactions out there. Samoa Joe is also kind of the tweener variety of, we want to cheer you because you're a really good wrestler, but you're also kind of a dick. So we don't fully want to cheer you. Um, they're, they're, I've always said AEW has sort of a babyface issue and there's the, that not that one guy you get behind. I think that almost got salt. Darby's that guy seemingly right now. Sting, clearly that guy. That closing, the closing segment, love that. That was aces. Aces closing segment with Matthew and Nicholas attacking Sting and Darby, wearing all white, getting it all bloody, and you know ruining 
that celebration. Orange Cassidy is like people like him, but the fact he like his nonchalant attitude gives all doesn't like scream full on white meat babyface. And he wrestles babyfaces too. So Orange Cassidy isn't fully that guy. I I think Darby's the closest thing they have. Because Darby wrestles a babyface style. He's the underdog. He's smaller. Darby is also like he goes up against a lot of the heels. You don't see Darby in a lot of babyface babyface matches. He's typically facing heels. And Sting and Sting's been that guy his whole career. Stupid Sting can't learn. Uh, we're not doing we're not doing Sting slander here. What's wrong with you? <laughs> the uh, yeah, we'll talk about the tag match in a second. We can talk about Darby and, and everything. But uh, I did think about, actually. I guess, I guess we are because I'm about to bring up Ricky Starks. Now there's an opening. And you saw in the match, Ricky Starks was very hesitant to uh, to spear Sting. He was very hesitant to, to take out Sting. If that's only about a legend, that's one thing. But if it turns into, I want to do the right thing moving forward, Ricky Starks is a guy that people would absolutely love to cheer if given the right set of circumstances. Well, Ricky, Jeff L.A. Driver now shows up for the AEW talk. On He's Grand been here show. the whole time. He's he? or he probably, I don't know. I just like that he started to comment now. With the <laughs> talk. I, I respect the bit. I respect the commitment there. Ricky. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Dynamite sucked. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky. Look, I, I, wow, Jeff. Wow. wow. No, you said I forgot it was on. It's every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, Jeff. It doesn't you change. Know what, yeah, nothing changes. Sometimes we're on a different channel, but. Um, Ricky is, I love Ricky. Love him. I hope he gets something out of this. I really, really do. I'll advocate for Ricky Starks until I'm blue in the face. That tag title run, not his fault, not Big Bill's fault. Didn't really go anywhere. It was... We won the titles because FTR and the Bucks couldn't do a third match for some reason, even though that's what they were clearly setting up. Why couldn't you just brandish a gun? Sorry, no, we're not going to do this here. They won the titles. They did that four-way ladder match, which made no sense because they were setting up the tag team match, I believe with House of Black, and then it's like, ah, let's throw in two more teams and make it a ladder match. Ain't beating those nobody's taking a pinfall allegations with this stuff. Uh... They did that. Omega's health, best wishes to Kenny. That changed plans. But then they were background fodder for Sammy, Callis, Jericho. And then they, they just lost the titles to Sting and Darby. And it's just like, Ricky was coming off that hot feud against Danielson, which had to get changed because of Punk. And he got put the tag team with Big Bill, and which was good. They made the most out of that. I'm very worried that Ricky and Bill, Bill was great in this tag team. I don't oh. want to see him go by the wayside either, but so, I'm very worried. So this is, this is something that I, I, while you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, what do they do next with Ricky? Well, if you want to turn Ricky, have Bill turn on Ricky and have them do a, a quick little feud. It doesn't have to culminate a revolution, but you can at least do something that kind of gets ricky over as a potential babyface single star what title he goes after i don't know 
because right now it's just he doesn't fit anywhere unless suddenly the Copeland and Christian story is just kind of off by the wayside, which I don't we don't know how it's going to land by revolution. But the idea here is like, wh- what do you want to do? I want Bill to, yeah, to take out uh, Ricky Starks. Go that way. Have Ricky turn uh, turn babyface. What if Ricky calls him Big Billy Starks again? No, we got a Big Billy Starks. <laughs> we got a Big Billy Starks. And, and if she's ready to join us, she can give us a big old thumbs up. There's a big old thumbs up. Very excited to welcome right now, joining us live. Uh, she's going to be part of the Jersey J-Cup. Starts tonight, runs tonight and Saturday, February 9th and 10th on Trailer Plus, live from the White Eagle Hall in Jersey City. Joining us now, the one, the only, Billy Starks. Hello. Howdy, y'all. How are you? Doing good. Well. How are you, Billy? I'm doing good. It's been a long travel week, but I'm super excited about Jacob today. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, thank you for, for making the time. I know you were, I'll make sure I wasn't frozen there. Competed in the, the J-Cup last year. Uh, now, th- this year, you're part of the, the Scramble match. What did you take from the experience last year with the J-Cup returning and now re- you returning to the J-Cup this year? Um, last year, I faced Charles Ma- Mason in the J-Cup and I lost and it just lit a fire under my butt for this year and having him first round again uh, in a scramble match with so many other opponents I feel like it's my time to shine and I'm ready to hit joker drivers and drop somebody on their head. You're, you've continued to work the independence while you've been a part of Ring of Honor. Has, how important has that been to you uh, as a wrestler as a performer? Honestly it's like having the freedom to just go have fun whenever you want. I love wrestling so much that it's nice when it's like, oh, I get to do ROH every single week. But I'm one of those wrestlers. I used to wrestle three or four times every single weekend. So every once in a while, I feel like I need to have those uh, matches to just get some reps in. Cole Radrick is part of this match. Mm-hmm. Can you can you say mean things about oh, Cole? Yeah. Okay. I, could, I could go on all day about <laughs> mean things about Cole. We got time. Okay. Uh he he's my brother. I will give him that much, but he looks like a woman in a bathing suit. Uh, wow. <laughs> he has a full body. I'm like, yeah, you look like the lady who just went to the beach and is in- insecure about her body, but that's all right. <laughs> Hold on. That this is even mean by I take the shots. <laughs> I was not expecting this this type of mean. Now I've heard <laughs> I've heard you are a bully backstage oh, yeah. this is i'll okay, admit so to it <laughs> confirmed confirmed right here i'm gonna you know what what cole is a friend of the show i'm gonna send this to cole and now i gotta give cole in the the interest of being uh fair and biased or fair and unbiased gotta give cole <laughs> or, or a chance to respond so i'm gonna send this link to oh cole. no <laughs> i'm pretty sure he was gonna come and do go-karts or uh, a breakout room with me later before we have to go fight each other he's gonna <laughs> tell me no now <laughs> If anything, you just be more incentivized to beat you at it. <laughs> the message has been sent to Cole. We will see if he's a coward or not and, and shows up. He's probably on Twitch and streaming, doing something. That's what he He has to race a few more virtual go-karts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Billy, have you ever considered changing your name to Big Bully Starks? Uh, it, it's been thought about quite often, but I'm, I'm sticking with Billy because I have to fight everybody else for my name already. 
that's fair. I, I know that uh, back in Final Battle, you were trying to get Blink-182 to give you aliens exist for your entrance. Was there any like serious conversation about that happening? And is it still on the table? Honestly, it, it's only been like me pitching for it and everybody saying this is a great idea and me never being able to get to Blink. <laughs> <laughs> no! Tony, Tony loves doing that. that. That's one of the things I know a lot of people like about Tony is like he will pay up for that mo- uh, for those songs. I feel like music helps wrestling so much. And like, especially with like just never seeing a person, if you have fire entrance music, I get hyped before you even come out. No, I get it. You want to you want to get something that's like believable and like people really feel it as you're coming out. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. When you're um when you're doing Ring of Honor, you, you get to do a little bit more kind of promo work and more uh, like in ring and behind the scenes stuff. Has that been beneficial, uh, especially as you're, you're again, you talk about doing reps uh, on the indies and working, but now you're getting a chance to kind of work on your acting chops. How important has that been for your development? I feel like it's also thrown me into like the deep end of uh, stuff that I'm not very comfortable with. Uh, I never really cut that many promos on the indies. And if I did, it was like, oh, I'm doing something really cool, guys. I'm going to cut this minute long promo to let you all know about it. Uh, now it's going with like a story every single week, which was hard to like develop on the indies. It's very hard when promotions don't run weekly. Um, so ROH has definitely given me the platform to learn and be better about cutting promos and being able to share my voice and what I want Billy Starks to mean. What's it, what's it been like working with Athena in, in that regard? Cause she's been on television for you know, a decade now and ROH, I mean, she's really, you know, she calls herself the forever champion, but you and her really carried that show all the way up until final battle and continue to carry, but just working from with her and learning from her in, in the aspect of the promos. I genuinely feel like Athena is one of the smartest women in the business and people do not give her enough credit for what she does. Um, And genuinely from me starting in ROH to now, she's been nothing but a help to me. And I think she genuinely has such like uh, overwhelming knowledge of how the TV is supposed to work, how to position yourself, how to just be more than what, is like the basic line and it's helped me a lot well we gotta ask here's the photo oh no not the buck teeth get that (laughs) out of here let's talk about it the big (laughs) big big business AEW coming to boston the pre-sale started today it's doing well on a wing and a prayer we think that there's a certain someone who was in that photo who might be a part of this how big is that for you i have no idea what y'all are talking about i'm just (laughs) Hypothetically, if this is the the debut of Mercedes Monet, formerly Sasha Banks, in AEW, how big of a coup is that for you personally as, as a fan and as a wrestler? Honestly, it just means the world to me that, like, watching the girls that I watched growing up, now I can say that I can share a ring with them. And it, it just, it's very star, uh, it's like a starstruck moment for me of, like, Oh, this is real. I never thought this would be real. <laughs> uh, we, we will see if uh, Mercedes shows up so, for the former Sasha Banks. Billy's out here. She's not spoiling anything. It's... I ain't giving away nothing. <laughs> yelling at me this week. Have you been yelled at? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a troublemaker. Have well... you not seen the tweets of me kicking people in the kneecaps backstage? <laughs> 
That's real. Has Brian Danielson <laughs> find you? Oh, I, I've only talked to him like a couple of times in the, the medical room, but I run away before I can get fined. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. You and Danielson just hanging out in the medical room. He's bleeding every match. You're always doing I something. I just go but... in there to bully the doctors, honestly. <laughs> they tell me that I'm not allowed to jump off stuff, and I go in there throwing a fit. Has, has... Clear me! Clear me! <laughs> Has, has the esteemed mouse uh, had had to have a talk with you about what are you what are you doing, kid? What, what are you doing now? Uh, I get a phone call from Mouse about weekly now, just checking in to see what my shenanigans are. It's kind of weird because I'm so used to see him seeing him on the road. I was kind of wishing he was coming up to Jacob this weekend, but he said he's staying at home. He got road donuts, but they're not truly road donuts anymore. He just sits on the couch and eats donuts now. <laughs> I have I have an update from Cole Radrick, by the way. He oh, no. is being a coward. He said, I can't join on my phone. And then he asked, Is are you burying him bad? And I said, You called him a woman. And then he just laughed. So he can join on his phone, by the he way. Could. Yeah. He's just a little slow. You d- he doesn't understand how this <laughs> stuff works. <laughs> I he's from Indiana, you know, like Hey, don't blame it on Indiana. Well, I grew up near Indiana. I'm from I mean, I live in Ohio. I, I was born in in Virginia, but like uh, in the this area, we move at a slower pace. This isn't a bad thing, <laughs> but up here in in this Midwest area, we I don't know if the Midwest, Northeast, we move at a little slower pace, you know? Mm-hmm. We like to take our time with the scenery. Cole certainly likes to take his time with the scenery. The only time he likes to go fast is when he's driving like his race cars and all that. That's all. about it. <laughs> Are you going to be? I'm Canadian. Sorry. I have no dog in this race. <laughs> Are you? Let's see if we can get a, a, a scoop here. Are you going to be part of the uh, SpongeBob show that Cole is, is putting together? The return. Oh, of the... he's doing another Schmitty. He's doing another Schmitty. Yes. I didn't know we were doing another Schmitty. I will happily be there. I came in uh, Patrick uh, gear last time, and it was awesome. I want to be part of the Schmitty again. See, I have bullied him into doing this because the first time he brought this up, I was like, I'm a huge SpongeBob fan. You got to do this, Cole. And I told him I'll be there. I'll sweep the 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 ring, whatever you need me to do. I'm there to support him. I, I know you were part of the first one, but he said he said he's going to do another one. So oh, that's exciting because the first one was so amazing. And I love that he had the real trophy with the hat and stuff where you could still drink out of it. I'm a big mark for SpongeBob. He got yeah. me. <laughs> What's your favorite SpongeBob episode, Billy? Oh, that's hard. I don't know. I I like the one where they all become the robots and they all had the hats on, but I feel like that's so long ago I can't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> I've called Cole a coward. We'll see if he joins or not. <laughs> I have a feeling he's gonna wait until Billy's gone and then immediately pop on and that's that's to- typically how this when works. I get gone he's gonna be like oh it's my time to shine yeah he's, he's watching the show right now just plotting his <laughs> he's taking notes he's sitting in a hotel at the desk just being like, <laughs> writing a type five just to come back uh so let's let's talk real quick about the ring of honor women's television title tournament that starts next week on the show uh you are going to be a part of it for all intents and purposes how do you feel about being a part of it and uh, coming out of, you know, going after the women's championship now shifting your, your focus to the television championship? I think being able to shift my focus from one title to the next was a good idea. And it stopped the problems between me and my champ. Uh, and I'm ready to just run the division with her. 
I feel like the TV title gives us the opportunity to show what MIT truly was worth. Uh, I learned how to be a champion at MIT. It's time to show the world that I am the champion you wanted. But I think the TV title put into a lot of these girls' heads that it's an opportunity for them. It's an opportunity for me and nobody else. All right, dude. <laughs> I'm going to make him wait. He's back there, like, sassing and everything. I'm going to make him wait because I have... I've, He's at the I, backstage I've, now? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Just, just like... Yeah, usually it. he's flipping me off when he's back there and stuff, but there he goes. I, I do have to ask about this. You dropped Ronda Rousey on her head. Oh, How... yeah, and I'll do it again. <laughs> All right, let's go. What was it like being in the ring twice with, with Ronda and Marina Shafir? First at Revolver and then, you know, on ROH TV. Honestly, I love a good fight and those women love to fight. Uh, so it was just very fun. And I feel like you don't get all the time where you can just throw hands with somebody and they're going to hit you as hard as you hit them. <laughs> All right, here he is. Let's uh, do. You, let's see. Oh, he's just kind of staring off blankly. Boo. Hello, Cole. Morning, bro. <laughs> a woman in a bathing suit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll pull that card on you. Oh, for what? Because I had to talk what? to you this morning. <laughs> Cole, she wasted no time. I was like, can you say mean oh, things about Cole? I went back on the YouTube. I was like, I was there. shitting on me. And I tried to up on my phone browser. But no, I had to the app to come over here to defend myself. All right. And let me tell you something. Billy's talking about, you know, wrestling Ronda and Marina Shafir and how they love getting hit hard. Billy hits hard no matter who she fucking wrestles. Period. All right. Mm-hmm. As a victim, <laughs> it's been a lot of times where the match begins and the first punch, I'm like, what are we fucking doing here, pal? <laughs> Can't so wait for today, her. Cole. Are you ready to get jumped on your head? Listen, listen. listen. You, <laughs> you go, you'll go back to TV. It'll be fine. And I'll hold it down out here for us. <laughs> Keep worry. holding down the fort, Cole. Cole, she said <laughs> you guys are going go-kart racing later on. Yeah, go-kart, whatever. I sent her a track idea, so whatever she wants to do, I guess we'll figure it out. She could take two L's today. doesn't matter to me. Are you going <laughs> to – are you, you know, bumping? You're not bumping, you're not racing? A little uh, spinner out? You know, you know, Rubin's racing Yeah, all the time. You got to <laughs> keep going. Without, without doxing yourself, where are you? There's a lot of light. This is nice. I am the light. Today, the light. <laughs> <laughs> today the light. Of the Jersey Jacob and the oh, Rad. I might have a friend. Takes the run, and it's going to be a good night. Jeremy, Joel, love y'all. Billy, I'll see you shortly and drop you on your head and then wreck you into a wall, whichever you prefer. And uh, I thought, wait, is Billy going to come attack you right now? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. No, I got my friend Jack Cartwheel here. Oh, he Jack, we had Jack on the spotlight the, before. The today. Yeah. <laughs> Still in a Jacob tour around here. <laughs> We're getting all the stars at once. <laughs> Let's go. This is the this is the Jacob tour. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, Raddy, am I seeing you next weekend in Toronto? Yeah. Let's go. I'll send you a message. Awesome. Fired punch, up, Toronto. Punch Get Joel in the face, if you okay. would, please. I haven't punched you yet, Jeremy. You said a lot more mere things to me than Joel has. That's yeah, fair. but that, that's our relationship. We have a lovely relationship. <laughs> yeah, like everybody does. <laughs> 
Cole, we've also bullied you into doing the the Schmitty. Billy is on board with this. Yeah, so like, you have to book me now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Billy doesn't know that that wasn't already an option. Right? <laughs> That's basically a shoe, in regardless. I need to dress up as SpongeBob this year so I can take home the hat. I mean, maybe I want to win the hat. You this- don't get the hat. You can't book yourself to win. What are, what are we doing here? It's pro wrestling. He well, is that type of promoter, though. Pro- yeah. I would love yeah. it. <laughs> I guarantee you I'm in the negative. I don't believe it. I believe I'm probably about 500. About about a 500. <laughs> but, all right. I'll let y'all finish your interview. Billy, message me. Sayonara, Captain. Bye, Cole. Stay out of trouble. You know, <laughs> don't. Don't have Mouse messaging you, calling you an idiot. No, and... Mouse already going to message me and be like, why'd you drop my kid on her head? And I'll be like, but she did. And he'll be like, no, buddy, she probably deserved it. <laughs> that sounds true. That sounds true. Thank you, Cole. Absolutely appreciate you. I'm not a woman in a bathing suit. I'm just a rat. Have a good <laughs> letter, everybody. Bye, buddy. Bye, Cole. Bye, Bill. <laughs> Uh, we love Cole Roger here. That, that's actually it. that's actually his sign off for all of his uh, Twitch stuff. I'm not actually a woman in a bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> Billy uh, went straight for the throat with that. I too. was ready for a fight today. <laughs> Damn. This one's gonna choke out Sasuke if they're not paying attention. Hey, that might happen because of how the brackets are laid out. I'm ready for him. Let's go. We're manifesting here on the show. <laughs> Getting Sasuke for this is, I mean, that was, I don't know if that, that caught you off guard, Billy, but when I saw that, I was I, like, oh boy. This whole tournament, I thought it was going to be like maybe 12, maybe 16 entrants, and then we got 24. I was like, Brett's cooking this year. We're going to be <laughs> wrestling all night long. <laughs> Brett and Orange Crush just putting big things together here with the with this. Uh, I can't I can't wait for it. It's going to be, it's going to be a very fun tournament. Joel, do you have a, a partner promo punch? Yeah, you know what? Let's do one off top of our head. Billy Starks, we play a game here called Partner Promo Punch in the Face. I'm going to give you three names. You're going to pick which one you want to promo with, which one you want to punch in the face, have a singles match with, and which one you want to tag with. Let's use let's use your MIT partners plus one. So let's go with Athena, Lexi Mayer, and uh, we'll add Ronda Rousey because we just talked about it. Partner Promo <laughs> Punch in the Face. Uh, I'm, I'm going to partner with Athena, of course. I'm going to punch Ronda in the face. And I, of course, want to do a promo with Lexi. She speaks better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. How easy was that? So, by the way, people are asking you to put over Lexi Nair because she has become kind of the the unsung hero of, of Ring of Honor and MIT. Uh, talk to me about working with Lexi Nair. Oh, she's a sweetheart of a human being. I feel like Lexi does not get enough credit because she works her butt off on these ROH shows. She literally has to interview all of the talent after every single match and getting a wrestler to come talk to you after the match is one of the hardest things to do. Um, but Lexi does it every single week. And I love Lexi because she is just a sweetheart of a human being and will be nice to anyone, but she'll still be evil with me every once in a while. And I love it. All right. Here's a real partner promo punch in the face. Squidward, Patrick, Sandy squirrel. That's a good one. Ooh, uh, I'm going to punch Squidward. Fair. I'm going to team up with Sandy. And Patrick and me can cut a promo because I feel like it has to be hilarious. <laughs> That'll be a very good, very good promo off. Oh, Billy, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Let everybody know where they can find you at. 
Uh, all of my social media is at. Uh, sorry, my words are <laughs> all over the place this morning. All my social media is at Billy Starks, B I L L I E, and Starks is S T A R K Z. And yeah. You can catch Billy and the rest of the JCW starts tonight with Jacob on Triller Plus. It's going to be tonight, tomorrow night, uh, or you can go to Jersey City, the White Eagle Hall. It's going to be there. Go check it out. Billy Starks, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me, y'all. Thank you, Billy. Tell Mouse said hi. Uh, spin out Cole Radrick today and then drop him on his head tonight. Here I got go. y'all. Yes. <laughs> thank you, Billy. Have a good one. Good night, y'all. <laughs> uh, Billy Starks is fantastic. Yeah, it's just fantastic. Literally, really I enjoyed that chat. I, I interviewed her last year ahead of the the Jacob. I think it was my first interview with her. Um, shout out to, to Orange Crush, by the way. Uh, reached out to him, tried to get stuff set up. You know, we we had uh, Masha didn't didn't quite work out. Maybe we can get that uh, figured out next week. I won't be promoting the Jacob, but just get Masha on. Um, but you know, he was trying to get us anybody that he could, and Billy was kind enough to to come on. And then um, you know, Cole. Cole's a pal of the show, so very easy to just bully him into coming on the show. Uh, and that was fun. That was fun. And yeah, shout out to Billy Starks. So good. Too. Yeah. So good. Good, and good stuff. And so, so, so young in this business, but not at the same. Like she just, she's a young woman who is absolutely doing incredible things in this business. I think it's wonderful. Right, you, can, you can tell the right people are are involved in surrounding her. So that's pretty good stuff. Oh, and Jack Cartwheel, of course, made a... Uh, Jack Cartwheel, brief cameo. cameo. Mouse, uh, who I met at, at Sean's match at BLP. Mouse is is very kind. Uh, you know, I have a literal photo from Mouse. If I've accomplished nothing else in this business, uh, I can say I got a professional photo taken of, of me by the great mouse so that's that's one of my claim to fames out there but mouse mouse is a uh, fantastic and you know he, he always looks out for the kid as he calls her that's uh, good good family to have all right shall we get back to uh what we we're talking about what were we, we talking about joel you're gonna have to tell me we're talking about dynamite we we're talking about ricky starks we were talking about the potential of ricky starks turning baby face but also we can talk about sting and darby capturing the aw world tag team championships uh, yeah, Sting and Darby won, I think, which wasn't super unexpected. Heading into the match against the Young Bucks, didn't feel like Sting and Darby were going to lose before Sting's last match. Now I assume the titles are going to be on the line. That was a really good match. Um, dude, when Sting jumps off that balcony, it looks like he is just like a sack of potatoes and just does not. He's like, y'all motherfuckers better catch me. That's it. Y'all better catch me. And they do. They do. They, had, he, they know because they know that that's not a sack of that's not a sack of potatoes, Jeremy. That's a giant sack of money. Yeah, like they they catch him, but man, he looks like he's just coming off heavy on those dives, and he's a big dude too. Like, he ain't like Sting is, is he ain't Darby out there. Like, he's a big dude, so when he jumps off of uh, the the balconies like that, oh, well, I'm glad they caught him. Bless, yeah, glad they caught him. Me too. And yeah, whenever they, they, they seem to do tornado tags for every Sting tag match, which is fine. It, it allows you to enjoy a Sting singles match that's not actually a Sting singles match. And, you know, it sucks for production having to take two different fights that are going on in the arena and separate them. But they do a pretty good job of getting those uh, and getting those stories out. So it was good. I'm really, really, really happy with uh, with that match. And I think Sting should be too. The post match we touched on, Young Bucks come out in their white suits and they have a bloody Darby Allen canvas to paint with. 
it was good stuff. We're getting a different Young Bucks than we've had ever in AEW. And this is a uh, a new approach to their story. And I, I appreciate that very much because the Bucks for a little while were kind of just being snarky baby faces and then snarky assholes and then it wasn't it wasn't hitting the same this is a different character this is a different vision this is a different style and i am a fan of it because it is it's it's different and it's clicking in the right way yeah and i love the post-match attack by the bucks it's gonna make them giant jerks as this is where they're best at they are best when they're little pricks and that's what they're being that's what they've been since this whole evp thing and matthew and nicholas and they're gonna Again, Sting and Darby are the top baby faces in the company. They are. They're the guys that everybody is behind. Everybody loves Sting, and they want Sting to win. They want the best for Sting, and Darby is an extension of that. So when you beat up Sting's family, when you bloody them up, it looks great. It looks. And great. this was a little, again, because I like little attention to details. At the end of the beatdown, you can see them just kind of adjust their suits professionally just like okay yeah. got it out of me now we're back to business i was a big fan of that beatdown so there's some good stuff coming out of AEW. again not everything is perfect but i will focus in this case on the positives because it was a strong episode of dynamite there's some good stuff going back to the uh the mercedes monet the, sorry the big announcement because we can't give it away it's mercedes uh, anyway, get your super chats in. We'll talk about Mercedes. Some people are talking about the potential of having two debuts, allegedly Mercedes. Uh, why, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't they do it in the Mercedes Benz Arena or something like that? Why would they do it in Boston? But I don't think they're filling that arena. That's fair. They they will fill the TD Garden in this case. But let's talk about uh, the potential of two debuts. Is that something that you would want to see AEW pull off? Is this is this their their Brian Danielson Adam Cole moment? with a CM Punk debut, or is this just one and that's good enough with some great matches on the card as well to, to make people excited for big business? I think it's both. I've, I, I, I said it on spotlight. I think it's both. I think Mercedes maybe opens the show because much like when they did punk, they didn't wait around. It was let's come out. Let's introduce Mercedes. And just so everyone knows she's here. We're not going to, even though it's very clear, we're not going to screw around and maybe tease you and be like, oh, what, is she going to show up? Like, we know she's going to show up. And much like Punk, don't waste any time with that. So I think she opens. I think Okada closes. I'm of two mindsets when it comes to the Okada conversation. The the idea of debuting two people in one night is exciting. The the potential to have one debut take away from the other is something that I'm always cognizant of. You you gotta kind of make both stories in the debut matter. You have to make the moments matter. I saw some people talk about having Mercedes if this is her debut. Let's just say it is. Uh, do book in, book in the show essentially open with her and then close with her stating her, you know, her, her 
expectation to be going after the AEW Women's Championship or doing a stare down with someone. That also means that the Women's Championship would have to be on a big enough platform for the show to be the main event to then have Mercedes involved afterwards. Maybe that's her come out on commentary, whatever it is. That's something that I would like more than just debut, 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 because you're also getting Will Ospreay, you know, in a couple of weeks, actually as early as next week. So with that in mind, do you, do you run the risk of doing too many debuts at once and then losing track, uh, not losing track, but losing importance of who's doing what? Or do you just focus on the one debut for big business and kind of scatter the other ones accordingly? I don't think you lose track of anything when it comes to specifically these two, because if it is, it is mercedes and she comes out and does does the promo at the very beginning makes her intentions known makes everything very clear maybe she does get confronted by a brick baker or a tony storm and that's gonna immediately set up that that sits that simmers i I would have a hot show throughout it's gonna be a hot show would have you know some important matches throughout maybe you throw a world title match on at the end and then Samoa Joe wins. Coin drop. Here's Okada. I don't think anything gets lost in that. People are still going to remember Mercedes and her promo and the potential setup of the feud. And they're also going to remember Okada. We're not talking about like nobody forgot about Adam Cole when Brian Danielson debuted. Everyone, and that was one on top of the other. Everyone was like, that was the coolest shit ever. Like, that was awesome. You're right. You're it's right. very similar here. No one was like, oh, yeah, they got Brian Danielson. Remember all Adam Cole? Like, what's he going to do? Like, everyone loved that. I These two are big enough names to where it ain't going to get lost in the shuffle. They do this too often when they don't have these types of names. When they just like, oh, let's do a debut, and now let's go to the back and, and make a big announcement. And it's like, yeah. Like that, this person isn't known enough to do this kind of debut and immediately overshadow it. These two are on a different level. I agree and I don't at the same time. With what happened with, well, first of all, Okada has already been around the AEW world, right? He's had matches as New Japan talent, but still appearing on AEW programming. So him debuting as an AEW talent feels like, it's big, but it's not. It's a different kind of big. You know what I'm saying? Whereas someone like Mercedes Monet, who has never officially appeared in an AEW ring, that's a bigger deal compared to Okada in terms of, again, a, a different face that we have not seen interact with anybody on that roster. So the Okada debut to me is like, if it happens, it's big, but it's not. I actually, in some ways, I think the Mercedes debut is bigger for the reasons I just so And I think that's why they're. That's why you can get away with doing the Okada on the same nights. Yeah. Maybe have them standing in the ring together like they did at Battle in the Valley. Okay. I mean, again, I'm not. I, I, Jeff has said, you know, Jeff uh, Valley Driver agreed with me that it is, it's about how you finesse it. It's how you put it together and how you make it important. You, you alluded to, you know, when Adam Cole debuted the same night as Brian Danielson. I mean, you can argue that there was a little bit of loss in the shuffle for Adam Cole at first until we got him back on track. If you, it took a little bit of time because Brian, Brian Danielson was the bigger, more well-known name in this case. So there is that dynamic of who knows and who is more popular than whom. 
it's a different situation when I don't think Cole, certainly not night of people were still talking about just double debut. Now as, right. as things kind of played a little bit, it was, yeah, Danielson's bigger because Danielson was immediately going after Omega where Cole was aligned with Omega. This is a different situation. And like, we're talking about two different divisions as well. And two different debuts, not one on top of the, the other, like it was there. Like there, these are two separate stories we're going with. And these two are like, yeah, Jeff Fowler drives two different gender division. It should not be too hard. Like that's my point on this as well is they're not on top of each other. If anything, like what got lost in that all out debut is like Ruby Soho debuted on that show. That's the one that the guy, you know, lost cause she just debuted in the battle Royal and she won and like people were excited, but that was like the third talking point. It was like, Oh, Danielson. Oh, Cole. Oh, punk's first match. That those were the talking points coming out of that. So Ruby was the one who got lost there. There's no worry about, mercedes getting lost here because this is the show built around her yeah so again we'll see where it happens a couple weeks the tickets are on sale it's five five weeks away my god but uh, apparently the tickets are going well so far pre-sale they're gonna make a lot of money they're gonna do big business you might even say (laughs) in boston big business was a good name it is a good name i'm not i'm not clowning on the name i just love the idea of like they're gonna do big business (laughs) they're just like yes we are (laughs) You know what else it's going to do? Big business, Joel. The slap heard around the world. Actually, you know what's going to do big business, Jeremy Lambert? Your new favorite show to cover, WWE Speed. Matches in under five minutes? Oh, they found a way to cater a show specifically for Jeremy Lambert. I am so proud of WWE for this one. I'm fine. I'm fine with five-minute matches. I know. That's why I said what I said, and I stand by it. I want it. But, like, I don't want, like here's who who did the pre-tapes for the five dragon lee and somebody uh axiom i think did one match as well basically high flyers yeah say what i want what i want is like give me a drew mcintyre and kevin owens match wwe speed five minutes i mean like the top guys trying to do this shit that's what i want it's just Seamus rolling around in a ball with Drew McIntyre. Put Triple H in these five-minute matches. <laughs> he owes us for all those epics he tried to have. Chi-Town Spurs saying under five minutes, isn't that their women's division? No, that's their entire NXT division. That's why they're bringing up those stars. Oh, my God. I'll be watching that show. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be on Twitter. I'm sure people are going to just – the clips will be tossed around, and people will you know do as they will. This isn't like a what are the ratings going to be. This is very much like, well, we have time before the shows go live. Let's put out some shit and see what sticks. Who cares about the ratings? AEW viewership was down this week. Everything's failing. Stack the show. Big announcement. Ratings were down. Viewership was down. Clearly, the sky's falling. Yeah, exactly. The world's over. You have a bad show, it's over. Sorry, guys. Now I'm just thinking about how much wrestling sucks now because it's over. Anyway, <laughs> the slap heard around the world. Let's talk about it. Uh, this presser was everything that we expected it to be. It wasn't even a presser. It was a media event. It wasn't even a media event. It was an open-to-the-public workout of the mouths. It was a Thursday, Raw Thursday promo for one hour where various wrestlers came out and talked their shit. But really... 
the most important one was Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch. That was actually a really good conversation. Uh, but instead, the big one was the Bloodline family tree. We now know what it looks like. It's massive. And uh, wrestling does have more than one royal family, but it also has a shit ton of nepotism involved. This Bloodline family tree... I'm going to find it for a second. I got it. I got it. You got it. You got it. Yeah. yeah, Get it up there. Cause this thing is wild. I thought I were playing a giant game of like hangman or something. I was like, what is happening? No, this is, this is guess who? Yeah. I can see that with all the, with all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Does, does he, is your guy Samoan? Like yes. You can't read any of these names. What are what are we doing? I can read them. zoom in. I can read you them like this. Just all right. So guess who people? Yeah. Um. <sighs> Does your Samoan wear glasses? This. I think actually a good game of guess who. Um, I would love to do it. But there are a lot of names on that list, and uh, yeah. Gary Albright is definitely part of the uh, part of the bloodline, apparently. <sighs> so, look, we all speculated. We all wondered what was going to happen. First off, this thing wasn't a press conference. This thing was a any people call it pep rally. They pivoted. They pivoted to from press conference to just kickoff because press conference implied we we're going to get some questions asked from the media. So, sorry, they never called it a press conference. They called it a press event. So like this was, and again, this isn't me making, I just want to get it right. Like it was a, they called it a press event and then they called it the kickoff and a press event was like what they were doing with WrestleManias in the past when they would do either announcements or you go back to uh, like the Tyson uh, unveiling that he was going to be part of it. They did a press event for that. It was, it was an event. They made it a spectacle because that's what WWE does. Um, but yeah, sorry, continue. I just want to get that out there. Okay. Okay. Um, Regardless, a lot of people flew out there. A lot of people were going to cover it. And then they found out, oh, by the way, uh, this isn't what we thought it was going to be. Um, I feel bad for a lot of those people. It's unfortunate. Sorry. Um, you know, when we, when we had Tim on, we were like, hey, what should we, what should you know, maybe if somebody ask, gets asked a question, what should they ask? Turns out nobody got to ask a question to Triple H or anything. So they do this big thing and Seth comes out and then Roman comes out and makes one of his shoes. And then Roman's just like, yeah, choose the rock. And then rock comes out and he gets the, you know, mixed reaction with everything. And then he throws out this graphic with the bloodline. And then here comes Cody said, this is bullshit. And then the rock slaps him. And then triple H says, you know what? It's Cody and Roman. Cause Cody said he chooses to face roman and roman's like no you've you've already burned your shot here but he didn't he came out and said i'm gonna take everything from you but not a wrestlemania you can you can walk it back pretty easily but we'll see what they do tonight Go well ahead. that that's one thing they didn't do like at the actual press conference and i i jokingly tweeted but like also kind of serious of cody thought it was going to be one thing cody thought this is WWE explaining, by the way. This is WWE what, entertain explaining. W, you know, instead of mansplaining, see what I'm trying to work with here. Explaining. 
Esplaining, sure. Esplaining, okay. That feels like esports explaining. Anyway, it's the same thing, really. Yeah. Um. So, Cody, basically, if I'm esplaining this, I'm I'm saying that Cody thought The Rock was here to do one thing, and then Rock comes in and made it all about like family and all about bloodline, and he's uniting with Roman Reigns, and he said that wrestling, this is the one royal family in wrestling and then cody is of course like no wrestling has more than one royal family this is bullshit what are we doing this is not what we talked about rock that's what they like should have at least tried to hint at a little bit instead they're just kind of letting you fill in your little your your own choose your own adventure of how you want this to make sense i think that explanation does make some sense but they got to spell it out a little bit more because otherwise it just looks like cody's like i'm gonna take everything not at wrestlemania here's the rock rock comes out looks like it's showdown they changed it up because the fans were like nope we don't really like this and then they look they did the smart thing they're giving you cody and roman we might get cody and seth against roman and rock night one that's a theory we might get rock and rollins night one that's a, a theory i've seen tossed around um and we'll see where they end up going with it but uh we did they, they laid it out a little bit they could have done a better job but they they got reactions to it man that thing felt big i will say that they did feel big they did have a lost opportunity there they could have had brandy come out instead of they didn't hit the music Cody comes out. I was like, oh, no, no, this is bullshit. Should I, Brandy should have come out, just stride it away and say, who told you it was open bloodline night? Who the hell told you tonight was open mic night, bitch? Should have done it. They had it right there. Said that. And that was one of my troll tweets over the weekend. I said that, you know, Rock comes out, it starts talking, and then here comes Brandy. That's how you save this. That's so. That's all you do. Yes, that's all you should have done. But it's not what they did. Instead, they have this idea. So, okay, if if the reporting is accurate, that part of the Rock coming in as a member of the B, of the TKO board and getting his name back is that it uh, includes him wrestling this calendar year. Well, the good news is it's only February. There are other times when he could wrestle. Like I don't know, how's the weather in Saudi Arabia in June? There's, he's doing mania. He's we do gotta mania. stop this. No, but but is he? That's you know the feeling is yes. He says he goes up to Triple H, says fix it or we'll fix it for you. They got two months to get there. Do they do some sort of tag match? Well, it looks they, like I mean they were on the same page last night. I'm not hearing. This is not me like sources type of thing. This is me saying I don't want to hear. I won't hear any of this rock in Australia, rock in Saudi, no. rock at SummerSlam. It's all this man wants to talk about is WrestleMania, biggest WrestleMania. This man wants the WrestleMania. He didn't care about Saudi. Maybe it does a little bit, but I mean, you drive a dump truck full of money up to anyone's door. They'll talk Rock's about Scotty. Look at the undertaker yeah, showing up full undertaker garb with yeah, undertaker dick. got money. He ain't got rock money. Right. Rock don't need that. Taker got to start doing movies that go over. Well, rock wants, he wants to wrestle at WrestleMania. He said it. He said it on McAfee show. 
He said Mania. He said, I'm going to be at the in the ring wrestling at Mania. He's, he says he's in training camp and working out and everything. It feels like a tag team match. Again, King Potato saying HPK literally came out of Saudi. These guys got money. They got wrestling money, which is good, but it ain't Hollywood money. And it certainly ain't Dwayne the Rock Johnson money. Yeah, this is the we're, we're talking about Tooth Fairy money here. Okay, this is big. These are big bucks. He, the Rock, doesn't need this Saudi money like maybe Undertaker and Michaels, who are on the road 365 days a year and in making pennies in the 80s and 90s. Rock don't need that kind of money. He got it. Yeah, he does. But at the same time, <laughs> it could always be more. They want to bring sure. bring Taramana to, to Saudi Arabia, very, very famously big drinking city. I'm, look, I'm not saying I'm not saying that Rock won't do a Saudi match. All <laughs> I'm saying is that Rock doesn't need to do it the way maybe these other guys needed to do it for that money. And also Rock is all he's talking about is mania. That's it. Yeah. He's talking about being working at Mania. It feels like he wants the Mania match in some capacity. I think Rock and Rollins would be a hell of a pivot, by the way. A hell of a pivot. Yeah, no, I agree. Let's uh the Wilchins at the super chat saying uh it, it's crazy to see Roman fall in line behind the rock. It felt like how the Usos were when they fell behind Roman. And yeah, there's a certain element to that. There is a respecting your elder elders thing that comes into play. But I also think that, again, some of the theories, this is the, the main one I thought was like Rock and Roman together night two and Rock turns on Roman at the end of the night and they set up for next year. And why not? Give it the year. They don't just do the turn and be like next year, bitch. And that's it. There you go. You've already set it up. You know what's coming down the pipe. That's a match that doesn't need a title associated with it. It's just you want your once in a lifetime for real. There it is. And no one will be upset for that one. No one will be upset to see that one, assuming there's no title involved. Uh, and on the other side of things, there is an opportunity at play because WWE loves their first times ever. You can have Roman Reigns headline back-to-back WrestleMania nights because nobody, since WrestleMania started going two nights in a, two nights in a row, nobody has ever done two nights main eventing WrestleMania. Last guy on the night, last guy out in doing a match problem is if you do a tag match someone's got to lose yeah that's the that's the tough one with the tag match you don't want to you don't want to beat roman one night before he faces cody you don't want to face you don't want to beat cody one night before he faces roman unless they really screw cody like get that's a like a big heat you gotta come back tomorrow night to see him fit like really everybody gets involved like it's a little bit overbooked. Thank you for the channel. Uh, a little bit of an overbooked finish to get there. That's the only way where I'm just like, if it makes sense, that's the only way it goes. And Rollins like walks out on everything. He's being like, nah, nah, this is too much for me. I'm done. I'm hurt. Nah, no, Rollins ain't on me. I already out. lost. No, Rock's, Rollins isn't walking out. If anything, Seth is probably taking that L. And, you know, as the world champion, that ain't great. But Rock might take the L. That Rock losing makes the most sense. Cody pins the Rock night one, pins Roman night two. Please like, donate more money. But 
you want to you want to really really make Cody Rock Night One, Roman Night Two. It don't get any bigger than that. No, it doesn't, and that's just. Oh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm a fan of just. You're already making Cody the undeniable babyface. He can, he can eat that pin the night before, and then come back and really just. Again, you have to have screwed him. Yeah, like I get, I get what you're, you're saying right now. Like I, I definitely get what you're saying of Cody loses, and then the make good is obviously he wins the title. Oh, here's another idea. You've got, you know, going back to, to Bloodline stuff and, and Judgment Day, you can do the cash in at WrestleMania. You can have them beat down Seth Rollins so bad that, you know, you got Damian Priest come out, they pin Rollins, and then Priest comes out and he just picks the bones. And then he's, but again, he's got to be a real chicken shit heel to win that title. Exactly. No pop. I mean, it's a Seth Rollins moment, so I get it. Cody losing and people being very pissed off about that, but then coming back for night two for Cody's big victory. I'll, I I can see that. I'm okay with that. Rock, maybe rock pins Cody night one. Oh yeah, let's go. But rock pins Cody night one. Then Cody loses or Cody wins beats Roman night two. You're setting up rock and Cody there as well. Potentially. I mean, I don't know if you can hold off on that for a WrestleMania. Maybe you can do that for a SummerSlam. Uh, maybe that's a Saudi match. But you can do that, and then you put the title on The Rock, and then The Rock holds it until the next WrestleMania, and then Rock and Roman, WrestleMania 41 for the title. Let's go. We're back, baby. <laughs> the, good news is, the good news is whatever they did last night cleared up a lot of um, – a lot of fan eroded, you know, f- f- fandom, I guess. I don't know how to put it, but there were a lot of fans who were feeling pretty shitty after Friday. And, and I get that there was some, some, some copium, some hopium. If you're a Steven Jensen crowd, uh, <laughs> hands. did you, yeah. Diamond hands really did come in handy today. Uh, one thing I loved, I got to, I got to long-term story tell Steven Jensen on Friday, I sent him the gif of, of someone smashing a TV last night after the presser. I sent him a gif of somebody putting up a TV on the wall. Top five. <laughs> so with all this in mind, I, I don't mind how they're getting here because they already dug themselves a hole. Yes. You do have to address that Cody said not at WrestleMania and that he changed his mind. And it could easily have been triple H stepped in and said, you can't give up your, your title shot. I don't care who did it. Or I don't, maybe like, I don't care if the rock talked you into this, that's coercion, but then you're getting a little too close uh, to, to real life story. Basically, if there's a way to yes. make it make sense, you can do it. Not yeah. everything has to be hundred percent. It could easily be, I changed my mind. There was too much bullshit going on on stage. Yeah. I'm done. But then earlier in the day, Cody was like, I made my decision. That's the one thing that's really like "Eh." maybe his decision was Seth Rollins. And then he saw this bullshit on the stage and he changed his mind again. And if he says it, then then everything goes away again. So, so Cody is on the graphic for tonight's show in Charlotte for SmackDown. That could easily mean that he's not actually going to be on the show. And he's going to be in a dark match because he has been working dark matches, but also it's the road to WrestleMania. So the odds are the main events are going to be on both shows for the foreseeable future. That includes uh, Bailey and EO sky, by the way, uh, Ryan Lambert said to Super Chat saying WWE totally forgot about Bailey. No, I, I actually think that they're more likely going to let the Bailey EO story ride 
dominantly on television instead of bringing it to a press event where it was about the things that could happen at WrestleMania, not the thing we already announced officially. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't think Bailey was there at all. I mean, maybe she, she should have probably should have been though. Like she was down the street in LA seeing the Kobe uh, statue <laughs> being unveiled. Bless her. Um, you know, I, I think you should probably utilize Bailey as, as much as you can. Um, they can, they can make, this Cody stuff makes sense. They've obviously just got to have Cody cut a promo and explain it away. And the fans are probably going to buy it because they love Cody regardless. I like that. They at least picked a direction coming out of this. And the direction was Cody and Roman and Roman and rock seemingly now linking up, you know, they had to change plans. I don't think this was the original plan. Definitely don't think that, Um, but they, they've now at least picked the direction. They're going to go with it. We'll see if they go tag team match or if they uh, they go two singles matches, whatever they might do. We know we're d- they're doing Cody and Roman, though. Cody needs a good explanation for why he steps aside. I think it can be simple. It can be as simple as Rock told me this is what he was going to do. He went back on his word. He started talking about one dominant royal family listen to my song. There is more than one Royal family. I will prove that at WrestleMania and the crowd cheers and everybody's happy. And the, we want Cody cry babies. That was a, that was a fine line. Rock's good. little promo, by the way, when he's, when he's a little dickhead, like uh, the young bucks, he's very good. Um, like, it'll all make sense. They'll all be happy about this. So I'm, I'm for it. I'm I like, it was good. I, the press conference event, it was good. I really like the Rhea and Becky stuff because like that's not confirmed, but they're telling you that's happening. They are they're they're telling you that one's going down. That that elimination chamber match now has to be above and beyond <laughs> in terms of quality because they are telling you, yeah, 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 Becky's gonna win. Or I don't know if they do a thing where for March she has to overcome more, somebody else wins and she's gotta win the title shot. I don't like or want that, but it's a little strange to do such a heavy handed promo and basically tell you that Becky's winning the chamber. I don't hate it, but I don't like doing it so heavy handedly, but I guess the show's on at five in the morning. So who's going to be watching live anyway? (laughs) The the crowd will react in Australia though. They'll love Rhea. Oh yeah. Becky will will get a, a good reaction, I think. And then, they're they're telling you i like that they're just basically again saying this is what you're getting okay and good i liked back in the day when they would always do this i always like that they would you know they they would tell you by survivor series this is a mania match right here good have a long-term plan in place and don't just book it two weeks before yeah uh, I see uh, SV3 saying they usually telegraph the women's chamber most years. Yes, they do, but they never they've never come out at a WrestleMania presser before WrestleMania before Elimination Chamber and been like, FYI, I'm gonna win. And everyone's like, and she's gonna win. <laughs> so they, they've made it heavy-handed in story, but they've never literally told you this is the match we're gonna do. We're gonna get there and you'll see how. So uh it, it is what it is. Just just tell me a good story. Like like Jeremy said, Rhea is gonna be massively over in australia in perth uh we have uh we're, we're gonna have some representation there as well so we're looking forward to that i want to know where big bronson reed gets in on this he's got a man bun 
CM Punk loves punching people with man buns. CM Punk. The best. <laughs> His solution on brand, I guess, yep. is just punch somebody in the mouth. He's like, Cody should have hit this man. If I was up there, I'd hit this man. Why didn't Seth hit? I don't care if he's on the board. Just punch him. Like, we know, we know Phil. We know Philip. We know you're not opposed to punching people who are executives. But I love that he's just going for it here. Bless him. He ruled. Big E was great as well. But it's always Punk, good to see Big E. Always. Punk was on another level during this price. I look, man, they flew him out there probably last minute notice. He probably found out like Wednesday night. Hey, we need you to fly out here on Thursday morning for the to be one of the hosts for these things. He's like, you're gonna make me do this? Fine. Um, but you ain't you ain't uh muzzling me on this. Do you think that maybe there's a chance they make him the host of WrestleMania this year? <sighs> no, because that seems stupid. Fair. It well just... then who hosts WrestleMania? Because there's always a host of some sorts. I don't know. They steal. They got some celebrities that they can pull up, right? Like, like, I think the Miz do it again. I'm pretty sure Miz has a tag team title match. No, our truth. They they got plenty of celebrities. What do you mean, like? They get the Rolodex of these. What's Joel Embiid? He's injured. Get him out there. They'll they'll more likely bring out Rocky Stallone for this one. Yeah, get Sly out there. Like that's that's fine. They got plenty of celebrities. Who's WrestleMania? Who's gonna have a good time at WrestleMania? We don't. What? We don't need. No, I don't. I don't think Punk's gonna be the host because then the expectation comes with him of being like the host. You know, like you can't put that on him. Can't. There was no no R Truth last night at the presser. Someone had put down. Someone said like, "What are the odds that R Truth is going to come out and like take a ladder out during the presser and try to climb it?" And I said, "It's more likely he comes out and like tries to put twenty bucks on Red." <laughs> he didn't show up at all. But I, that's all I wanted was a little R Truth bit. But they they kept it pretty uh pretty straightforward. Oh, there you go. Have a keel Kevin Hart hosted. <laughs> the Rock's best friend. Oh my God. The Rock's best friend, Kevin Hart's going to come out and he's going to, why am I doing Stone Cold Steve Austin? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I only have one. Uh, yeah, you have The Rock be like, my best friend, Kevin Hart's going to come out. He's going to nah, Kevin. Me. Kevin Hart's an industry plant, so we need Cat Williams to host it. <laughs> and we're back. Cat, Will- <laughs> Cat Williams, he should be the host. That'd be awesome. That's true. Uh, but yeah, the press, listen, they, maybe, they clean up a lot. Maybe George Kittle. Well, host, he's a big, he's a big wrestling fan. Wins the Super Bowl, goes to host WrestleMania. Philadelphia probably won't love that. Maybe Travis Kelsey, what's he doing? They'll, they'll accept him. They, his brother's a Philly legend. They'll, they'll accept. Only if he takes his shirt off. Oh, that's Jason. Jason take his shirt off. Yeah. There you go. Have Jason Kelsey do it. People be all over that. The, the newly minted after this Sunday, uh, Mr. Taylor Swift. You think they're gonna get married at a, uh, at a, at that, that free. Maybe they get married at the WrestleMania. Oh, let's go. That's numbers, baby. It's a ring and a ring for Travis Kelsey this weekend, everybody. Could you imagine? Travis Kelsey, what are you going to do next? I'm going to marry Taylor Swift at WrestleMania. Nick Khan is just standing behind them. Good. Good. (laughs) There's a dump truck full of money on the field. (laughs) It's going to happen. Yeah, both Kelsey brothers. But what happens if they? What happens if if, if Donna? Look, Donna was at the performance center. Old Donna Kelsey. So, just saying, 
Why would she do that? Why would Donna Kelsey be at the performance center? She was performing, that's for sure. Anyway, it was a good presser. It was a good event. Super Bowls this weekend, I will not be watching because... Why? I'm not a football fan. I don't give a damn. What are you doing instead? I don't know. Maybe I can rope Kate into doing a show for once. That sounds even worse. It really does. I don't know what I'm thinking right now. It's a bad idea. Taylor Swift and Chelsea Green having a thing. That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Oh, my God. All right. As we start to wrap up, there is a weekend wrestling preview. First, I want to get a super chat in from Why Solable sends a very generous one. Says, just want to thank you guys for the chat and being a great space in the IWC. I'm pallbearing for my niece this afternoon. I'm so sorry to hear oh, that. I'm sorry, buddy. Love. Uh, he says, I'm hoping Rampage and Collision will help with the sorrow. Life is rough, but always pursue joy. Please live by that last statement. It's... I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, I'm glad that we can be a positive part of your day. And that's one of the best parts about doing the show is being part of a positive uh, group of people and, and our chats about those group. So uh, we do send our love and then we always appreciate having you around, man. We hope you're good. Yeah, we appreciate it. Why soluble? Um, very sorry for your loss. Uh, you know, take, take all the time you need to, to grieve. However you grieve it's, it's never easy. Um, but hopefully you, know, you can, have an okay weekend and the wrestling can be an escape of that. If it helps, Rampage does look like a very good show. Does it? So hopefully, yeah, I got to, I read the spoiler. I'm not going to spoil it here, but uh, it does look like it's going to be a, a solid show. They usually do a pretty good tight hour and this is no different. Uh, Wilchism sent a super chat saying if we do the rock is on the board storyline, they should have Ava change the dusty cup to the rock classic. Oh, good. <laughs> the big meaty men should be the rock classic. Nah. They don't have many big, meaty men. I guess they do. They got a couple. Nah, that, that'd actually be really good. The, the rock classic. Now, they, they should go, uh, you know, uh, Rocky Johnson, because him and Tony Atlas were, were the first uh, black tag team to, to win the titles. So even the Rocky Johnson classic. Oh, that's good. I like that. Good shout, Will. Yeah, it brings a whole new meaning to the rock and sock collection. I I don't get it. Tony Atlas. Oh, the feet. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I got my moment. I had to do it. Oh, it took me I guess, a second there. Yeah, I know. Sorry, uh, thanks again to Billy Starks for joining us this morning. Great interview. Him. Uh, sorry, her cold Radrick and jack cartwheel making an appearance uh very fucking very cole radrick i'm gonna see him next weekend it's gonna be grand love cole it's fantastic oh man we'll be back here on monday as we always are we're gonna talk about wrestling uh what about the... smackdown joel yeah what's going on in smackdown let's take a real know. quick look let's Bianca belair is gonna beat me chin poor me chin logan paul gets an opponent and his next opponent gets revealed who's logan paul is gonna face i mean i'm pretty sure it's opponent with a with an s but wwe hasn't said as much yet who's logan paul's gonna face probably whoever at the elimination chamber we we've talked about how five of them could be why did that oh my gosh sorry joel what oh someone got you something no, something ran that shouldn't have run. Oh, they did the the the, the the DIY versus uh, the the techers. Yeah, the that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be good. They can lose to Judgment Day. That'd be good. Yeah, I like that. Okay, we'll do that. And uh, I think that's that's really what that's a, that's it. 
That's it. Poor Michin. What's yeah, going on on Collision? Michin lost to like Tiffany Stratton. Why is she even in this match? Why are they rewarding losers, Joel? I agree. Next, you'll be giving them graphics with title opportunities. Oh, God. Graphics. No, we're not doing this again, Joel. Anyway, this uh, this Saturday collision, Hendersonville, Tennessee. Hen- Hendersonville, ne- Henderson, Nevada. Uh, you can tell I'm already done. The International Championship, Tomohiro Ishii takes on Orange Cassidy. The Cope Open. Adam's going to be there. And Star Jr. and Sfinji versus John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli. Anything else on that show? I think those are the big ones. Uh, um, right. got it. Tony Storm. Tony Storm's on the show. She's facing uh, Queen Amanada. Amanada's going to keep losing, and maybe she'll. Well, what will she get, Joel? She will get. I guess that means you need to shut the fuck up. That's what I do. If I don't have no honor, I would sh- fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I thought that she was just going to get nothing. Another L, another big fat L. <laughs> She'll be Queen Laminata because the big fat L she takes. You're very proud of yourself for that one. <laughs> I set it up well. You did. It was very good. Oh, anyway, that's that's the show. That's what we do. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 10 a.m. Eastern till noon. Who knows? Maybe we'll become a daily. I don't... <laughs> Maybe we'll really screw ourselves into doing a mold that did the daily show. Doesn't sound great. All right, everybody. Um, all right, I'm gonna be able to plug some stuff. Nope. Bye, everyone. All right. Now, Rob and Maggie are live at three o'clock. They're gonna do their thing on the channel. Uh, go ahead. If you haven't already, leave a thumbs up and subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbooked. Thank you to everyone who came and hung out with us for two hours as they do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We'll be back on Monday. Point to the sign. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. I am Atro Pearl J. We L P E R L. We will see you in the next one. Cheers. <laughs>